Welcome to Pillage Load. I am your host, Jack Sparrow, and your co-host, Jarred <laughs> Welcome to the show. I got a jar of dirt. I got a jar I'm of dirt. the first talking jar of dirt <laughs> you've ever seen. You're such a handsome jar of dirt. You're, you're my I jar of dirt. I got my jar of dirt. <laughs> already it's always gonna Dang. be my favorite thing so um that. how do we look where's our sexiness i don't know uh, so welcome to the show it's been a week what a week it's been here we are back to the live having a good old time as we always do and we appreciate everybody who comes out to see us we try and have a good time and have fun. So hopefully you guys will have fun too. Okay. Well, there it is. I don't, I didn't get to see for sure. So hopefully they got the fucking joke. <laughs> I'm going to be mad if I missed the joke. That was a funny joke. God. Gosh darn it. Gosh darn it. I got to watch some of the language. Yeah, I got to move over a little bit. I'm kind of blocking the map. Uh, driving, can't comment, listening only tonight. All right. No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. Um, Anything that you need to see visually, check back later. Because we do have one visual tonight, and we will. You and the don't, don't start. You're all totally turned into me, and you start hitting me. I, I do. I need to scoot over. I will scoot over. Oh, do you? Yeah. Look well, at the. No, no I am perfect. Good. I am way off. I am way off screen here. That's why I'm... Anyway, army. Hello. Hello. It's the Glenster. Glenard. It's Glenard. <laughs> so, What's up, um, I will first off say apologies if I zone off at all tonight. I am completely toast. Oh, don't worry. I won't let you. And when I say toast, I mean I'm toast. I am studying for a certification I am taking tomorrow at 9.30 in the morning. Fire toast. Yeah, I feel like fire toast. It's a three-hour exam. I just found out I'm not allowed to leave at all. It's a three-hour tour. tour. Yeah, without <laughs> taking a piss at any point in between this. So, um, yeah, wish me luck. I've been Glad I'm not you. Studying. Well, I love you, too. <laughs> Why are you yelling at Bows's feet? Because Ballas likes to hit, likes to play kneesies with me underneath the bar. And I like my personal space. In most cases. Hey. In most cases. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <sighs> anyway, so tonight, oh yeah, but anyway, my brain is toast. That's where we're at. My brain is toast. toast. <laughs> we'll just put butter on it. <laughs> Butter you up. I'll butter you up, honey. It's not gonna help me tomorrow. Help you tonight. No. <laughs> Whoa, shut up. <laughs> uh, so earlier this week, let's take a break from my torture of uh, uh, studying. You're gonna have to help me out here. I'm like losing words already. I'm not drunk. I'm just tired. <laughs> Fried. Uh, we watched the movie called The Buccaneer. Yeah. It was a 1938 movie. What did you think? What did you think of it? Well, first off, 
what is different about that movie from all the other ones and why we were interested in watching that movie in particular? Uh, well, that particular movie we were interested in because it's supposedly about John Lafitte. Quote, unquote. Yeah. Uh, so it takes place in New Orleans. and Which we're both kind of partial to lately. Yeah. Uh, it didn't... The weird part is it didn't really talk about his whole, like, thing he had going on in Grand Isle. It, Grand it, Island. It did. That's where they were coming and buying stuff. It was it was the end of it where I had an issue. So where they were uh, the yeah going out to sea like oh the at the very end yeah. <laughs> okay, so most of the 1930s movies, you look at them, it's kind of got like gone with the wind type of feel to it. Like, oh, oh, it was me. Just make out with me. No, 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 the face. <laughs> don't ever do that again. <laughs> Please don't ever do that again. I mean, that's what they all do, though. At the end of the movie, they suck You can face. do it. Just face that way while you're doing it. <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Alice is not very like. Yeah, they get all sucky, facey, and and like dramatic. And, and most of them, don't they? I mean, don't get me wrong; it was well acted. No, no, no mostly, but, but, but the end of that one was not like Captain Blood and the rest of the thirty movies. Think about it. with her, yeah. we're like, oh, boss, and that was it. Yeah, there was they, no, they there didn't was even no, kiss. There was no sucking face. At the end of the movie. I know there was no sucking face. Which is face. crazy because like they had this whole thing going on. Like I think she had the whole thing going on. It was all one sided. Yeah. He didn't give a damn about her. But that's what I'm saying is like most of those movies like, in that time frame is like face. you're not even supposed to be here. Gone with the wind type of attitude where they don't like each other and they like each other and then they love each other and they suck face with each other. That's the way the movies go in the 1930s. Yeah. Think about like Captain Blood, the one we always watch when we crash. Think about Black Swan, Jamie Boy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. seriously, you think about those movies, and then you go and look at uh, that. You go and watch that one, and me and him at the end of it are like, "Well, it's a good." I go, "It wasn't a horrible movie, but who it's was, like." Who was the guy? The French guy that. We liked so much that was his first mate. I didn't yeah, get his name. I can't remember his um, name, but Jacques. It wasn't Jacques. Dom Dominic Dom Dom Dominique. I think it was Dominique. She kept calling him Dom. But, the French guy hit the the yeah. first mate. He was great. It was like Crimson yeah. Pirate. That kind the, of inter, actually the interaction between him and her. The, yeah, the main, yeah. main woman in the movie was mm -hmm. pretty freaking hilarious. Yeah, all he the kept coming up with these different nick pet names. Yeah, was, nicknames yeah. and stuff for that was funny. And a lot of it was kind of like with Crimson Pirate, the first mate in that movie that we really liked. The silent guy who did all the stuff. Yeah, that's what I equated with the dumb. So that's my marriage of fucking 1930s movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very interesting movie. Uh, watch it, you know, the quality of it for the 1930s movie. I mean, it wasn't you, bad. You can't go wrong for watching those. Like, honestly, it's more original with some of the shit you watch nowadays. It's not that bad. It just, it wasn't much Yo, different. Jesse! It wasn't much different from 
the movies that you see in the 1930s and 1940s. Yeah, they were kind of all the, the same. same. That's why I was so shocked at the end of that movie. It was it was just really so, like I mean, you know, wasn't horrible, wasn't great. But it was more original than the sequels, trequels, fourquels, fivequels, trequels. Yeah. <laughs> Trilogies, trequels. We're going to call them trequels. <laughs> but whatever. You're making up words. I'm making it worse because it is worse. Today's movies don't know how to be original or anything. At least they took something historical and made it a little bit original, even though well, us historians were a fan. A story, yeah, we, yeah. But they made a story it's out of it. easy to do. But they made a story out of it. They did. That's all That's all I'm saying, is they made a story out of hey, something look, that was a story. If, we're gonna, if you're going to take a 1938 movie and try and, you know... Criticize it for being not historically accurate. You're barking up the wrong tree. And first There's, off, it's 1930s. Is it in fact of going in historical accuracy and all that, and especially with John Lafitte, you're only look like thinking like 110 years after the man was alive, right? For crying and out honest, loud! Honestly, a lot of those movies, costuming wise, don't do oh. a horrible job. I like watching Captain Blood. Captain Blood does a very good job of the costuming. And honestly, Buccaneer, if you think about it with the Regency period and all that, they did a really good job with the costuming as well. So on that aspect, it wasn't a hor- it wasn't horrible acting. It was a really weird plot line. Uh, being that we know the true history, it was very interesting to see that. Um, the it, it overall wasn't a bad movie. It was kind of fun to watch something we hadn't seen. It, for those of you guys who've been watching us with Pillage Over Road since 2020, we started watching all the movies during COVID. We didn't get through them all, but that was one. We have a couple others we haven't seen. We need to watch. Mm-hmm. So we do. Uh, but yeah, that was that was. It was a nice break for my studying, my brain toasting uh, to watch that and crash for the night anyway. So, uh, but that's that. Maybe we'll talk. We'll talk more about some of the other um, when we maybe another time when we talk about Nola and stuff like that outside the Golden Age. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have two, 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 two weeks before Polar Plunge, not Pillage Overload, but Polar Plunge, that we're going to be joining our crew. Yay. You can see the crew. Mm-hmm. Yay! I get to see Bobo. She's not on yet. <laughs> And it's crew. We're going to see Bobo and the rest of our crew in two weeks at Polar Plunge. I will post a link to the fundraising that we're doing as a crew in the description this week. This, if you're feeling charitable, go donate. Go donate. It's a good cause. We love doing it. We have fun every year going out, dressed up in kit, and just uh, walking around and entertaining and just. Yeah, it's, it's just so much fun. It's a good kickoff. We hop to our in the car season. and go down to Virginia Beach and yeah. walk on the boardwalk and mess with people and take lots of pictures. And Make people smile and get excited about something because when you think of pirates, you think about summer. So freeze our butts off. Yeah, that's what I hope when people see us is like, ah, pirates, summer is coming. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, that's coming up in a couple weeks, so please donate if you're willing to and all that. And also, if you like our channel and you love us, 
subscribe. <laughs> Please. We are We're begging. We are too off from 100. Pirates don't beg. I'm begging. I'm going to hold up my sword and point it at the camera we are, if I had it. We are too off from subscribers to hit 100. It's a huge milestone for us. Come on. Oh, We're, just hum We're just humbled pirates. We're <laughs> just technological deficient. So if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Do it now. Subscribe, hit that like button, ring that bell <laughs> so you know when we come on live. Because we're going to be live for three seasons in the year. We're almost end with our first month of our season, but we are still here. And with that, we will continue on with our season one of Henry Morgan. Captain Morgan, not Spice Room. Ignore the rum. We talked about that last week. Yes. We talked about We're what talking about it. we talked about what wonderful year that Spice Room came to for tuition. And we will continue about the wonderful dates that Captain Morgan has. Tonight we're gonna talk about how crazy of a pirate Morgan was. How much of a military leader he was. Yes. I mean, you you talk about pirates, you don't think they're military leaders, but <laughs> psych! Oh, yeah. Military leader, bitches. <laughs> Fooled you. Fooled you. Uh, to set the precedence of all of this, Jamaica was taken uh, by the English from the Spanish on the most glorious day of the year. May 10th. Uh, maybe not so much of the year, 1655. <laughs> so last week we talked about 1984. This week we talked about May 10th. It's like it was meant to be. <laughs> Pirate. Pirate. Uh, but Jamaica was taken by the English from the Spanish on May 10th, 1655. And that was essentially the first date that Captain Morgan da -da -da, became... I guess English and officially Jamaican. Yeah. I mean, he was he, there already, right? He, he was there for that raid. He was a yeah. part of that raid. He was a part of it. Yeah. So I, I, if it becoming the Spanish, the English, and then him spending the rest of his career and all that, and eventually, I think he died there. I might have to double did. check that. He did. So at that point would be the first day of the rest of his Jamaican Glorious life. Jamaican life. Jamaican me crazy. Ja I don't know about Jamaican that. my life you, in Jamaica. Jamaican my head. Huh? <laughs> so anyway, back to the subject of Henry Morgan. Yeah, yeah. So to set a precedence, Jamaica, Port Royal, and all that really was a Spanish colony, and the English forcibly. Took it on May 10th, 1955, and that's essentially the first time that Henry Morgan ever laid eyes on Jamaica. And the man was 20 he, years he was old. Smitten. He he was also a young lad. <laughs> Let's just think about 20-year-olds nowadays. They're typically in college or not. In, they're recruits in the Navy or any branch. Uh, drunken young lads with no idea of responsibility. Let's just go with that philosophy. On top of that, he was in Jamaica. Of shit. Where there was I no mean, law. I can't imagine that he wasn't having a good time considering the difference between England and Jamaica. I know in later stories when he went back to England, 
that his bones, his body could not handle going back to the England weather because he was so acclimated to Jamaica. Yeah. Shit. You think about us living here in Virginia, getting acclimated here, and then going up north. I, mean, I moved south for a reason. <laughs> I moved from Florida to Illinois in March. And you regretted it immediately, mistake, right? Biggest mistake I ever made. Immediately I was regret. sick for like the first three months I was in Illinois. Yeah. And then uh, then, then we moved here. I moved from Jersey down to here. Well, actually, I should say I moved from Jersey to Maryland, to Japan, to Virginia, to Virginia. No, Virginia, Maryland, Virginia. I kind of did a jockeying around. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> You're good. I am seriously good. It's kind of like that jockeying around. Uh, yes, you'll notice we have this beautiful map behind us. It's actually a really cool map. Our breadcrumb trail of Henry Morgan's travels across this His trail West around the Caribbean. Because you don't get the man, you, you talk about, when you start talking about the time frame and his travels and his raids, you don't really think about the distance the man traveled. I mean, he went from Jamaica to here, and Panama being his biggest raid is here, and that's what? That's like 600 miles, right? Is that miles? Yeah, 600 miles. On a ship that travels a nautical mile, which isn't a true mile. Do you know what the difference between a nautical and a true mile is? Uh, no, I, I don't not. remember. I do not. Why couldn't they make shit the same? And we'll uh, leave that for our metric conversation. Yeah. We'll, Percentage we'll, of proof and nautical and we'll mile. We'll research and that and let you know later. Foot and leader foot. I know that leader foot doesn't what? exist. <laughs> I know it doesn't exist. Stop. Just stop. I'm just going to stop. Okay. Uh, but Morgan, when he first got to Jamaica in 1655, he was he was obviously not the captain that we know he was. Uh, he was under a lot of other captains. And it wasn't really until 1662 that we saw his prominence of what kind of a sailor we're going to use that word very yeah. loosely. Yeah. Nautical, nautical mile is much wetter. <laughs> nice. Touche. Touche. Well done. That is splashing in place. Um, so from 1662 to 1663, he was underneath another so you have to think like seven years after they took, and this is where we want to set the stage for. They took Jamaica in 1655. The first letters of Mark were in 1662, but that is because when they took Jamaica, it was still committed. I'm tired. It's still considered Spanish land. And they're at peace and everything, and the English took it. So Spain was like, that's that's ours. And there's still peace going on between English and Spain for the most part. But Spanish have always claimed that Port Royal and Jamaica was theirs, and the English just claimed it as their own. So you got to think of it 
So peace, 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 peace. peace. not peace. Except in the, <laughs> the West Indies, there was not peace. So you have to think about it in that aspect that what, what was going on right now was that England and Spain in Europe were at peace. Down here, the Spanish were all sorts pissed off that the English took Jamaica and Jamaica were like saying, nope, this is ours. Sorry. Nope. Bye-bye. Sayonara. Alveder say, sorry. It's mine and you can't have it. 0.15-ish longer than Statue Mile. Really? That's it? That's kind of... Lame. Like, deflating. I don't know why they needed a different measurement at sea. I thought it would be bigger. <laughs> That's what she said. That is what I said. Uh, so that was kind of the what was going on in the uh, the early 1660s. And that explains a lot why the Letters of Mark came out and what happened going forward with all the raids and everything with Captain Morgan. So... He was under that other captain for a couple years, and then after 1663, him and three other captains disappeared. How hmm. do you disappear? Well, back then, I imagine it would have been pretty easy. I mean, I guess they say, hey! It's not like now where you got credit cards and, <laughs> and mortgages and it's, it's like, it's like where you catch a ride say, hey, oh, well, peace. We'll catch you in mm -hmm. a couple years later. Find a ship, get on it, and disappear. Well, it was his ship. It was his ship and three others that he had. So, I mean, at this point, I don't know if he was at this point named Admiral. No, he was not at this point named Admiral. No. It was a little while down the road yet. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do, but I still don't get why that happened. And then he was gone till about 1666. Then he came back to Port Royal. And then all of a sudden they were in war with France. And that's when we shall go to war. <laughs> and that's when Morgan became Admiral. Pirate King. Oh, the irony of that just circles right back around. Longitude related. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, JP Jr. says 0.15 inch longer than the statue mile. It's longitude related. The nautical mile versus the standard mile. <laughs> but do you understand why everybody gets confused? <laughs> nautical mile, mile. Proof, percentage. Thank you for metrics, not metrics. Looking that up for us. Sir. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah. It's the hell is going on there, mate. <laughs> I mean, we know all about the longitude thing because we did like a whole show on that. Don't be so silly. No, we didn't. <laughs> That's still You're my... so silly. You're so silly. It's still my favorite episode. <laughs> if you're not know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, 1667, war in France, and so then Morgan became charged militia, and then went out on his first raid. That's where you start to learn about Mr. Henry Morgan. Yep, he was the man. And then that's where he had his first blunder. His first blunder. His first blunder. Say it, because I 
screw up this name every time. Oh, Porto de Principe. Porto de Principe. Or as we know it now, Cuba. Mm-hmm. So that would be Cuba. Right Cuba. On the so, map. I think that's what that is. So, yeah, so they got all these crazy lines going all over the place. This is these are uh where he went on his raids. So I'm assuming. And I will, and I will Bay is right here. Yeah, I think that's where that's cut off. So it, it's a book. I took this scan so from went, a book. That's the middle seam. I will share this on our Port community Rail. channel. Our Port community is on the southern part of Jamaica. So yep. they had to go around and go up. Yep. So um, this is where his first big raid took place. I don't know if you want to call it big. Well, big foobar? Big for not doing anything else. Uh, <laughs> big for screwing up and talking about it and not realizing that there was a Spanish uh, captive on there who decided that he wanted to jump overboard and swim and then went and told Porto Prince, Porto, Porto de Principe. <laughs> he went and told Cuba. <laughs> Cuba. You, you can call it Cuba. The English are coming. The English are coming. <laughs> One of my land, two of my sea. <laughs> oh, there was more than two I sea. <laughs> and then they came by land. Because if you haven't guessed by now, Morgan is a land pirate. He's a land shark. There was, there was a comment in one of the books I've read that he was the most horrible seaman known but he was a brilliant military man because he sucked at sailing ships i'm gonna I'm, i don't want to jump ahead i almost jumped ahead don't jump ahead. i almost jumped ahead Panama. i want to talk about how bad of a seamanship he was uh before captain morgan was captain did he have a noted mentor he learned under yes um the name was mings i believe or mansfield mansfield and it's actually spelled very differently in the script. Like it, I call it script back in the text back then. It's sometimes. This isn't absolute the same. And, the, and then N's and V's, it was very well. But Mansfield. Yeah. So he sailed under Mansfield. And Mansfield actually took. Um, hold on. Of course, you make me think that. She got notes. I got notes, and I got a Remember when she was one. writing all last week? This is what she was doing. Um, 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 um. Making notes. Where is... De Prince. Yeah. Old Providence. Old Providence. So, Old Providence is... I don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, they took Old Providence... Which I don't know where it is on the map. It might not be on here. Well, he was doing. He was doing. He was going towards Panama on that one. And okay, anyway. Besides this, so Old Providence <laughs> is something that Mansfield went and took and left a small well, contingent. New Providence was in the Bahamas, wasn't it? I think so. so yeah, we're not looking was, at this one. Maybe Old Providence turned into New Providence, and the Bahamas are up here. Porto Prince of, it has to be in the 1668 raid or somewhere. Okay, I'm not sitting here trying to figure that out. Anyway, Old Providence, Mansfield went and took, and they left a small regiment, and he realized he ate more people. But on his way to Tortuga, he died. 
He just, he died. He was old. He died. <laughs> As you do when you're old. So obviously old Providence so fell back to the Spanish and the English that were at old Providence went to the brig, the jails, whatever. And they actually helped a lot of Morgan's later raids. Um, not so much Port-au-Prince, but I think Panama and maybe uh, uh, Maracaibo. Thank you, Maracaibo. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I am toast tonight. I can only talk so much. Uh, but yeah, so he was the one that um, actually had his letters of mark under. He was the one, uh, Mansfield was the one that... Um, Morgan was with when they attacked Campeche. Campeche. Campeche, which is right here, which they called yeah. San Francisco. So this one, line. <laughs> so if for you guys to be able to see on here, this is Florida, where I'm pointing here. This is the Gulf of Mexico. And you come down here to this is the Yucatan Peninsula. And just by the Yucatan Peninsula, actually on there is where Campeche is. And that's what they called San Francisco back then. Which is hilarious because San Francisco is way over there. Spanish. Spanish. Spanish weren't good at naming things either. No. Like <laughs> Shipwreck Cove. <laughs> which we'll get into. They use the same names for everything, just like the English did. Which we'll get into momentarily. So, uh, but yeah, he was the, he was Morgan's mentor. And then after all that, that's when Morgan became Admiral because of letters of Mark. Mansfeld died. Blah, 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 blah. It's, blah. you know, <laughs> sequence of succession. Basically, um, man of opportunity. <laughs> he, 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 his feet were put to the fire and he ran with it. Uh, Somebody liked him. A lot of people liked him. Back of the class here. What are letters of mark? So letters of mark are what a country gave to a person. In this case... It would have been the governor of Jamaica, who was English, would have given Morgan a letter of mark saying, hey, you are legal to go and attack any ship that is not English. And in this case, he specifically said that you could uh, attack the Spanish. That was a letter of mark. Which makes him a privateer. Private, and that is the, we joke about a thin line, a thin piece of paper between a pirate and a privateer, and that's what that is. If you didn't have that piece of paper, you were strictly a pirate. To the company that the to the country that the piece of paper was issued from, you're a privateer. Right. To the com country, why do I keep saying company? To the country you're attacking, you are a pirate. You are a pirate. It's all about a matter of it's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. And the perspective of here, the Spanish see Morgan as a pirate, and the English see him as a privateer and a hero. Yeah, the English love uh, Morgan. Oh yeah, they want they wanted a hero, and they got a hero. I need a hero. <laughs> yeah, we did it at the same time. We haven't been together for twenty years. Don't worry about it. It's you know, it's just a minor little detail <laughs> just a little it's, it's the little things but that's the main difference between a pirate and a pirateer is all about the letter of mark yep um squirrel yeah 
On to the next. On to the next. Oh, we're talking about oh Puerto de Prince. So that raid was his first raid, him getting into it. It was also the first time, was one of his biggest failures, was that they were talking about shipwreck. Digress. Uh, they were talking about the raid and where to go. And actually, you got to say his name because I butcher it every time. Who? Alexander. The guy oh, he sued. Exquamelon. Esquimelon. The melon. Exquamelon. I'm going to call Esquimelon. Esquizamelon. 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 <laughs> we could call him that. Esquizamelon. Esquizamelon <laughs> actually is the one that suggested the Port au Prince uh, port. But the problem was is that there was a Spaniard on board who <laughs> learned English. And it's like, oh shit. Jumped overboard, swam, and ward the port of Prince. Yeah. And they that had that problem a couple times. No, only yeah. one. Oh, uh, one, oh no, 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 no. Have it again? They they did have it again. Later. It did. But the later one was kind of uh it worked in their favor get, and detriment. Don't want to get too far ahead. Yeah. This one was they went and they were totally screwed. I mean, that was probably the worst raid out of all of them with like 50,000 pieces of eight. And uh, not, not a good haul for the amount of people that they had participating. It was like 650,000, 650 men, not thousand. Oh, yeah. That gotta, be, care gotta be careful of that comma in there. Zeros. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they, they, they floundered that one. But he learned his lesson for the next one. Next one being my favorite word. Portobello. Portobello mushroom. Portobello mushroom. And there's actually a bunch of ways to spell that one. I, yeah. I still don't understand. Well, the Spanish spell it in two words, actually. Yeah, and they spell it two words in three different ways. And they used it. They spelled Porto as the way they spell, like, for like a port mm -hmm. Porto. yeah yeah port like puerto rico oh. is spelled yeah they spelled portobello yep yep so it's and then bella with one l yeah so it was spelled a little different than the modern english way of spelling it now yeah so when you do research you have to understand every way it was spelled in the documents so anyway that little thing that um, little thing you know was so that happened in what 1668 Right? Yeah, we're only a couple months uh, late off of Port-au-Prince, so we got a bunch of pissed off buccaneers. Yeah, same year, same year. Same uh, year, a couple months Port later. Porta del Principe, Cuba. <laughs> same month as Cuba. Yeah. So, so you basically, go. you had a bunch of pissed off buccaneers who didn't get much from Cuba. Cuba. And uh, he convinced them to go to Portobello. Basically, they didn't want to go because they didn't think it would be a good shot. And Portobello is... Portobello. Portobello so, mushroom. Choo. So port, there's Jamaica, Port choo, Royal, choo. Port Royal to Portobello. Choo, choo. So... Choo, 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 choo. <laughs> and, and, in, and in Port de Prince is where you start to okay. see uh, Port de Pay. And so when you start to see the, the uh, Morgan doing his ransom, and he did the same thing in Portobello, which is funny, is when he ransomed Port-au-Prince, uh, apparently the people were really slick. They're like, "Oh yeah, give us a couple of days," but they went to a neighboring mayor and were like, "Help us, help us!" But they forgot that Morgan was capturing everybody and caught the letter and found it. Oh, 
out. Cause, yeah. Cause he's not stupid. Military leader much? Do we see a little pattern working here? So Portobello. Ransomed that too. Held that for a month. Like the tech in the cities. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all about attacking ships. No, that was also, I think, where... Oh, that's where um, Slanderman, Melon... Esquimelon. Esquimelon said that he took the monks and the nuns and had them carry the ladders up to the castle so they can get shot instead of the buccaneers. You start reading this, it's very interesting to see how Melon was very biased against Morgan. <laughs> yeah. I, I told you, I that's why I want to call him. There was only I'm 200. guessing they didn't get along very well. He just put up with Morgan. It said um, there was 200 men. He only took 200 men for the raid on Portobello because they had still had less than 650 men. Uh, from that point, because of the last raid, uh, and they, they relied heavily on the Indians because uh, you had the Indians well, in this area. The uh, Indians didn't like the Spanish very much because no. of what they were doing. Spanish was basically slaving them. Why the hell would they care anything about the Spanish? Yeah. So and stealing everything in sight. And them, and them. Yeah. Stole everything and them. Yeah. Uh, so that was for May, June. Uh, but a Spaniard escaped and told the Viceroy of Panama. So in all this, the damn Spaniards escaping, they, man. They, they keep, they keep like, they keep like slipping out, little slippery bastards. So Portobello is here, and literally a part. They had a little bit of isthmus that you see on the uh, map. Just tiny. It's just. <laughs> I, I'm not I going know. there. I don't know either. Anyway, so yeah, he escaped and went to Panama and told them about what the hell was going on. So that was the Portobello raid. Um, I love how it says Morgan's major raids. Do do do. Yeah. I am just, I'm sorry. I'm the one that gets excited about this. I've been reading about this for like three weeks. So I know a lot about this. I'm trying not to bore the hell out of you. I've been so talking I'm about with them. Talk. I know you're letting me talk. I, blah, blah, blah. So Portobello. Portobello. So how much did they make on that little adventure? Um, I believe it was 150. Was it 150,000 pesos? I think they were at 150. So they made. Oh no, 250. Sorry. 250,000. 250,000 pieces of eight, plus what they sold, and they ransomed and kept possession possession of the town for 32 days. That was that ended up becoming an MO. Plus from, ransom. That ended up becoming an MO for Morgan. That man, like when he ransacked yeah. city, he sat in that bitch for like a month. Yeah. He's like, I am Squeezed staying here until you give me everything. I'm bleeding them dry. I mean, why if, wouldn't you? If they're all running away, why wouldn't you try to get the best of it? Hang out, drink some rum. Have a good time. Yeah. Squeeze them dry. Take home some cash. I think uh, Maracaibo. Maracaibo? Maracaibo right? was nice. Maracaibo. I think the Maracaibo raid was probably, I would say, everybody keeps talking about Panama. Panama, Panama, Panama. 
I think the Maracaibo raid was probably his best raid. Because he went from Maracaibo to Gibraltar, back to Maracaibo, and dealt with San Carlos. San Carlos was the, the um, fort right before he left Maracaibo and went back to the, uh, the North Sea. The Caribbean, pretty much. Um, I mean, he went and took Maracaibo, and it was... That's what they call it, the North Sea, really? Yeah, I, that's why it caught me off guard. Because this is the map from them, North Sea. I see they call it the Caribbean on here. Uh, but the original plan was to go to Cartagena. And Cartagena is here. So it's more west. But what happened was the uh, warship that they had, because remember, Morgan was not a seaman. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he was a seaman. It's funny to think that they call him a pirate. He's a land pirate. He's a land pirate. He's a land shark. <laughs> Memories. Memories. Land shark. Land shark. Land shark. Corona. Yeah. Never yeah. Mind. I know. Never mind. Uh, every time he went to any on these raids, it was always a smaller ship. He really didn't care about the ship. And they went tracking along lands because a lot of these places were like inland. Port of the Prince was 45 miles inland. Regardless of the name Porto. It was 45 inland, 45 miles inland from Cuba. So, yeah. The Morgan, we, we call Morgan a pirate, but he was, he was a land pirate. The man, I mean, he did some ship raids, but that wasn't his forte. But yeah, it's not that stuff that you no. hear about. So they they captured Maracaibo. Um, which started with San Carlos Fort, which they captured really quickly because the Spanish completely abandoned. And he went in, and the story is he snuffed that slow match. Woo! Saved the fort. Well, why did they have the slow match going? Oh, they, they uh, basically took all the black powder in the fort, pulled it up, and did a long fuse, basically, so that they can get out of there and had it lit, but they didn't time it right. So when Morgan went in, he smelled the slow match and was able to put it out and save the fort. Yeah. So, so they, they made tried the slow match too long. Yeah, they tried they to make go boom. They made it no go boom. It no go boom boom. We like the boom boom, but they didn't do the boom boom. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was Maracaibo, San Carlos Fort. They got that. And then they did the whole ransom thing. And then still in this area down here. Yep. So Maracaibo. There's like an inlet here, which is yeah. kind of pretty wild. It goes way, the port goes way back. Yeah. So they were Maracaibo. So this is almost, this is ch choked off and it's almost yep. like a big lake that it's on. And that's what the problem was. So they were Maracaibo for three weeks and then they got done with all the ransoming and they're like, all right, we're over it. Let's go to Gibraltar. They did the same Which is not the scenario. same Gibraltar that's in the Mediterranean. No. Although... It know. is called Gibraltar, not the same Gibraltar. Well, it's because it's Gibraltar's next to Spain. Spanish is there, so there original. Go. Again. Gibraltar Rock. Yeah. It's between Spain and England and all that. Yeah, that's... Anyway. 
Not the same. So they were in Gibraltar for five weeks, and after they finished that, they went to go back to Maracaibo. When they went back to Maracaibo is where they had ran into the three Spanish ships. And if you're, you might have heard that is one of the larger uh, episodes of Captain Morgan with his fire ship. So they kept messaging, saying, "Hey, let's go, let's go, let's go," and they're like, "No, no, no." So they took one of the ships, turned it into a fire ship. Landed in La Magellan, which was the main flagship of the Spanish fleet. The other ship was like, oh shit, went and ran itself aground. And the third ship just got overridden by pirates. So that went south real quick for the Spanish. And then from there, they all ran away and went back to San Carlos Castle, which is at one of these points. And, and then that's when the next thing. This is why I think this raid, the Maracaibo raid, is so much more interesting than the Panama raid. Because of just the levels. I know, Panama was pretty wild. I know, but so was Maracaibo. I mean, you go and you deal with three ships. You do the fire ship. You come and deal with the fire ships. And then you're stuck with an uh, admiral who's in the fort who won't let you pass. And who's being a dick and saying, I don't care if the citizens die. Kill the hostages. And to the point where Morgan drama. drama. It's all drama. So dramatic. Did he ever go back and ransom a city twice? Um, not from what we Okay, not from what we know. So the two years of him being disappeared, we don't know if he went back and forth. And also when Mansfield went to Old Providence and did that, we don't know it. It is said that Morgan wasn't with Mansfield at that point, but it's still kind of... The books aren't clear. We'll put it that way. As far as his later career, the part we're talking about... He never went into no, it twice. He didn't do anything twice. Although there were multiple cities that were sacked more than once. Old Providence being one of them. Um, Portobello was only uh, was ransacked, I think, a couple of times. Panama, not, not by Morgan, in no. other words. Panama was probably one of the only cities in this area that was ransacked once because of how badly it was destroyed during the raid. Well, not to mention it was a little difficult to get to. Yeah, because it's here. actually on the west coast of the Isthmus. Which is interesting. Granada is, and that was one of the towns he supposedly took when he disappeared. The ransacking he did from Granado is what got him his first plantation. Because Morgan was a plantation owner in Jamaica. Yeah. That's where he got his well, he see, started getting really his weird that he would do Granada and not come down and do Panama at the same time, considering it's on that side. I don't know if it's because this was like the early the sixteen sixty-five, the sixty-seven when he disappeared. And this is 1670 when he just had a bigger. Well, wasn't was he captain when they took Granada? Hmm? Yeah. Oh, he was captain. He was an admiral. He didn't become admiral oh. until. But he was in charge. Oh yeah, yeah. It was him and three other captains that disappeared and went to Granada and a couple other ports. I think they did Granada and and I don't have it right now. I didn't write this down. But yeah, he he did a couple other raids. Yeah, this one. 63 and 65. Those were the two years where he disappeared. Bellahermos and Granada. So he came down. And that That is the only record they have because of what he said to Thomas Modiford. Thomas Modiford was the 
uh, governor of Jamaica. That's why some of the records are coming around. But I mean, it's like, do, uh, well, there like a, is that water? I'm guessing that's Monkey Bay. It says Monkey Bay. Huh, so maybe it was. There was uh, water to get in there, kind of yeah, like this. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, Portobello, you had the car, the Chagres River, which uh, is what happened. Anyway. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so Maracaibo. And then after the three ships went bad and they were all in the fort, what Morgan did with, to escape was that he kept sending longboats ashore with a bunch of guys. But what they were doing was that they have the whole group sitting upright in the boat, rowed to the shore. And then when they come back, everybody be laying down except the rowers. So the Spanish thought there was a shit ton of guys. So what did the Admiral of the Spanish do? Tell them to turn around. It's made them move all their cannons to the other side. <laughs> and then they were like, that night, Morgan and all of them were like, hi! And literally shot a cannon off as each of them left to be like, <laughs> you suckers. You're this so is where silly. his military brilliance comes to play. Yeah, he, he psyched them out. I it was you know, talk about it's the guerrilla tactics. It's like he's yeah, using tactics really that good. you know, especially back then because the way they fought back then was so like standard and it was always the same way, you know, they always did things the same way. Kind of like, like the British did yeah, to the like, Americans. Like how you see in, you know, the way wars were fought in the revolution where they lie all lined up and marched at each other and Fire is a line, you know. They all that came from back in this time. They didn't change anything. It was, and he's out there doing this kind of stuff, you know, sneaking around and and hiding things, and that's just the way you had to get shit done. I mean, think about it. So after Maracaibo and Gibraltar and San Carlos and. Panama was his next huge raid. Yeah, talk about a guerrilla style raid. Which ended up being all by land. And one of the biggest things with the Panama raid was uh, a master thesis was written about the raid by Henry Morgan. And I got it was written by Major Walter E. Pratt in 1998, who is now the U.S. Army Lieutenant General serving as the 57th director of the Army staff as of December of 2022. The man literally looked at the raid and like, this is a military leader. We need to look at how brilliant this man's tactics were and how effective. And they were, well, they were effective, and his mindset behind a lot of it made sense, especially yeah. when he started hitting Panama. The so, planning aspects of it and the way yeah. he executed things, you know, he stuck to his his plan and, you know, sucked, did it, did sucked it, through it, yeah. when it, even if it didn't work, which what happened with Panama. So Panama had 1,800 men. 1,800 men and 36 ships. So they went back to Old Providence. 
Old Providence is here. That was kind of their flag spot. They went and they took hold of that. And after that, they were all at Old Providence. Morgan sent 400 men to kind of scope out Panama. Well, on the way to scope out Panama, there was a castle off of Old called Old Chagres, which is the river. So when they got there and they took it, some of the Spaniards escaped and they went to Panama and told Panama about the um, upcoming raid. But Once with, again. But, but. But. What, what am I saying but about? What they went and told them about the damn raid. Nobody believed them, didn't they? No, they did. It was the quantity of people that was the issue. It was the 400 people. They only saw 400 people. They didn't know about the 1,800 people. So only 400 people, they were saying that's what Panama was prepared for. So all the ambushes and all the preparations and everything, they were prepared for 400 people. Not the 1,200, which is what eventually he ended up taking up the river to them. So that was the huge thing. And the other huge thing, and this is why we keep joking about him being a piss-poor sailor, is when Morgan left Old Providence to get up to Chagres to go meet him up at the castle, the man hit a reef. <laughs> well, his crew hit a reef. He's the captain. Yeah, but he's not the navigator. He's still the captain. <laughs> and if you guys had heard us talk about last week with the rum, Captain Morgan and the expedition they were doing, that's what they were looking for. They were looking for the satisfaction on the Chagas River at that point of the reef, which we yeah. now know wasn't that boat, but... It's still there somewhere. It, and they, they say, was that one in, uh, it depends on what records you're reading. It's one or two. Maybe three. Who knows? So. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, he took 1,200 men to the woods and he went with no provisions. Why would the hell are you go in the woods with no provisions? Especially the jungle. Yes. Well, why did he do it? That was silly. Uh, because a, they thought, good reason, they thought when they got through there that they were going to, along the way, there were towns that they were going to run into where they would be able to resupply. Well, those towns, they, they, he, all the people had already left. I think Morgan totally underestimated his reputation at this point. Yeah. You you underestimated... He, he thought he, he was better than he was. He, he, no, he didn't think he was as good as he was. His reputation was that he was this, like, behemoth of a man who would come through and decimate everything. So everybody ran away. Yeah, they weren't going to stick around for the pirates to no. come through and take everything from them on their way to Panama. Yeah. So, yeah, needless to say, they were starving. Very light. Very hungry. So, yeah, I think it was four days before they found the first sustenance, which was leather bags that they, and you feel like, daughter, part of you 50. Um, that kind of thing when you start hearing about that. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, they weren't that hungry. Well, they but. were. They, they at least ate. It wasn't, but it wasn't weeks and weeks. So that was day four, and literally day eight, they got a good it healthy also meal. Wasn't in the freezing ass cold in the mountains. Oh, they're <laughs> sweating. What could be worse? Um, 
So, uh, January 8th day, they finally ate healthy. They had a bunch of cattle, had their hearts content, and that's when essentially was the go point for attacking Panama. Yeah, they arrived on an area that was up above this, look down on the city, basically. Mm-hmm. It was a, and they, uh, they, the people of Panama saw them all up there partying. They and said, so long, farewell, love eaters and goodbye. <laughs> like two thirds of the city just, just said, bye Don Juan, have it yourself. We don't care anymore. Yeah. And then the fires. Yeah. That was the other thing. You start reading. Well, even before that, on their way down there, the, the it was the whole the cattle, cow, the cattle. Yeah, yeah. The, sp- the, the Spanish had this brilliant idea to have the cattle trample the English. <laughs> they just totally. <laughs> They're trying to point cattle at them and like have them stampede over the guys and their cattle are unpredictable. So what happened? The span the the. The English had them go back to the Spanish. Yeah, the cattle were like, meh. Yeah. The English turned them around and pointed them right back at the Spanish. It's like so long, farewell, I'm here to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but, and then, yeah, go on. And unfortunately, while that was happening, they, the city was being set on fire. Now... Yep. There's conflicting stories on who was doing that. I think if and you have two out of one, yeah, I think if you have two story. If you have three stories and two of them are similar and one is not, you go with the two. Yeah. Um, so we are of the mind that the Spanish were setting the city on fire as they were leaving. Because Whether it be the the. We don't know if it's military or the people. We just yeah. we are the same. Mind Whether it was the Spanish. civilians or the military, we don't know. But somebody was setting the city on fire before the pirates could take it. Somebody had. And we're burn, burn. also of the mind that, like, okay, why would the pirates set the city on it's fire? It's the thing that they're coming there to take. You yeah. don't want to burn it to the ground. And then have to dig through ashes yeah. to find everything. Because that's literally what they had to do. Um, they actually were recorded as helping put out the fire. Mm-hmm. So also, why would you set a city on fire and then try and help put it up the fire? So it doesn't make sense that the pirates would have set the city on fire. If this normal MO is to ransom and ransom to set the city on fire, and even like Port de Prince, Port, uh, Port, Port, blah, 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 blah. anyway, Cuba. <laughs> and like when they were Cuba, as bad yeah. as it went, they never burned it down. They Their they MO. changed the they changed the, the ammunition of what the ransom was. I never yeah, it, yeah exactly. The MO. Their their thing was to come in there, sack the city, squeeze it dry, ransom things, and then take everything that they could get. So why would they do any different in the last city of his Especially a city that was known to be as rich as it was. Was it like it was the third There's no way they would just come in and burn it down. Yeah. So that that was the the baffling part. And that's where Melon comes in. Exquamillon. That's where Melon comes in. Uh, but they ended up leaving Panama in February of 1671. So they held Panama for 28 days, much like the MO yeah. 
of Morgan, who sits in every other city. Yeah, sits in a place for three to five weeks. You ransom, you get all the money you can, and you leave. There's no other report of him burning anything down. So any and there's honestly there's uh, wood plates of Port-au-Prince, Cuba, of him burning that down. But there's nothing in the reports of him burning it down except for melon. <laughs> uh, but supposedly the report was that he took about 400,000 pieces of eight from these raids. Uh, historians are probably like, it's more like 140. You, you don't know. Yeah, whatever. Um, so essentially it was a good amount. It was a good amount. So the peace treaty with Spain to acknowledge all the Caribbean, uh, tr- Places was signed in July 11th of 1670. That was literally a month after he set sail for Panama. So the word is, is that after the Panama raid, he heard about the treaty and was like, oh shit, and hauled ass back to Panama. So he got back to Panama in... Sorry, I left my notes... Brain fried. Don't mind me. Back to Pat. You mean Port Royal? Port Royal. Thank you. 1671. In March, April of 1671. So he was home for about a year before he was charged with piracy and then had to go back to England, which is going to be our episode for next week, talking about how he went from pirate. The end of his career as he rides off into the sunset. Right? Because it's seriously what he did. Or sails off. No, the uh, man whatever. didn't sail. He, he rode off in the sunset. Yeah, because he. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not gonna, not gonna give it away, man. No. Um, and the the one last final note is that those three raids we talked about tonight brought in 950 thousand pieces of eight. When you compare it to today's value, it's about twenty dollars per piece of eight. So it's $19 million. Now, when we start this whole series about Henry Morgan, we said he was the number eighth richest pirate at $13 million. And that's from the 2012 Forbes magazine. We are 11 years removed from that now. Inflation, which we all know about. <laughs> it probably brought it to $19 million. So I totally droned on about this episode it's a lot of facts about him i thought it was very interesting thank you for entertaining me with let me run my mouth half the nights <laughs> and your chime in you're on... so welcome <sighs> who loves you baby love you much uh, so check in with us next week i'm not gonna ramble on so much through like i said there was a lot to talk about his military career i didn't even get through half of the stuff I probably want to get through. I'll probably post some of it on our uh, community page, on our YouTube channel. So check that out. Like, subscribe. We ask you again. Uh, help us out. We are so close. We to beg you. We're so close to 100. We'd really love to see you guys. Much fun. History. Thank you for coming out. Everybody, thank you for joining us again next week. Catch us as we talk about the ending of Captain Morgan and how. A pirate, or a privateer, depending on what side of the paper you are, became the law. So, I am the law. Until next week, everybody, you have a good one. And hashtag...
Drink more rum. Night, everyone.